How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Pretty good. All right, let's do it. Uh, welcome, everyone. This is a, another... What's that? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, welcome, everyone. This is uh, another fun deep dive episode. We talked to Alfred Hitchcock last week, and we're going to talk about buddy cop films this week. Uh, what were you going to say, Lego? I was going to say I'm ready to do this. Very excited, as I love buddy cop movies. I know. This was, uh, full disclosure, this was your suggestion, so... Um, it's been fun doing a little research, uh, behind the scenes. So let's just get into it. Um, where would you like to begin? Would you like to start that way back in the sixties or just kind of, I was in a little, little further back than that. Actually. Are you familiar with 1949 Akira Kurosawa's stray dog? I am not. Are you familiar with that movie? A bit. Yes. Um, I've seen parts of it not the entirety in its chronological order (laughs) Um, but it's generally considered to be um, like the grandfather of the buddy cop films interesting and I mean yeah well I mean in terms of like movies or directors that have inspired genres or inspired other filmmakers obviously Akira Kurosawa is way way up there so it's it's not surprising that he would have uh you know a movie like this in his uh repertoire. Um, oh, one hundred. So like I said, it came out in forty nine, and it's a uh, like a, con- a crime noir film. Um, it's not like a, a buddy cop movie in how we would look at it today, but it, it it's like a it has a young detective who uh is partnered with an older detective. And it's very much focused on the younger detective as he's being trained by this older detective. And uh, he has his gun is stolen and this man is killing people with his gun and he feels very responsible, responsible for this. So he's going after the man who killed his gun. And it kind of shows the parallels between the criminal who I think is um, Yusi and the detective who is Murukami. And it, they're kind of like not juxtaposed. They're actually shown as being basically the same person, but you know, one has gone down the right side of the law and the other one has gone down the wrong side of the law. So the, the focus is less on the relationship between the two detectives and more so on the relationship between the detective with the criminal. And now obviously um, as we know, buddy cop films definitely transformed as we go, but like I said, this is kind of the early predecessor to buddy cop genre. And uh, as you were saying, it doesn't really start to take off a little bit more into the 60s with like Heat of the Night, which I think you know a lot more about than I do. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a brief moment. But before we do, I'm going to play a quick message real quick. Uh, by the way, if, for those of you listening, feel free to message us in your thoughts, comments, concerns and questions. We will get to all of them. Uh, my by far favorite buddy cop movie is Tango and Cash. Um, hmm. Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it's very 80s. Movies. It's very, um, it's I, politically incorrect by today's standards, I think. And um, But it's just a total big, dumb 80s action buddy cop movie. Um, it's like super testosterone infused and, and everything. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the one that comes to mind. I can't think of any others really. 
completely definitely agree. gonna get there yeah oh yeah we're <laughs> definitely gonna get that like that's the era to where like they really just went all in and they started becoming like over the top not to not to pun another stallone title but we're definitely <laughs> going to be getting to all that stuff in the 80s very soon here. We got another message to play real quick. Rickroll, yes! Love it. Thank you for that. What song? I know that song. Is that We uh, were talking about it. That's Rick Astley. Um, Never Gonna Give one... You Up by Rick Astley. Yeah, that's a Rickroll. That's roll. the one you told me. You told me about that song like a week and a half ago. And I'm like... Yeah, you, you 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 were like I I like this guy and I'm like cool send me all of his good stuff because like I for some reason I've never heard of him, and then you made somebody made a it's joke. It's really just was that like, one song. There's only one. There's only one hit, and I'm like oh okay. yeah. I got a second with the Tango and Cash Love. Man, I love that that movie so much. Lethal Weapon, of course, is great. Uh, there's a bunch yes. of them. I mean, even like I don't know some of them. Some of the later ones, like the other guys, is hilarious. The nice guys is hilarious. Yeah. I love yes. a good buddy, buddy cop movie. I definitely have a lot oh, to say about the nice guys when we get to the the, this the nice era. guys and the other guys. Both great films. Yeah. We're going to be getting to all that stuff, but before we do, I do want to take a moment and talk about In the Heat of the Night. So, Sidney Poitier is one of the best actors ever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, though he's he didn't really make a lot of movies like after the seventies. Um, he had three great movies that came out in 67 to serve with love. Guess who's coming to dinner and in the heat of the night, he did not win best actor for that movie though. He should have the award did go to Rod Steiger for his portrayal in the film. Uh, the Ray Charles song for the movie was fantastic, but I say all that to say this uh, growing up, I watched in the heat of the night and was just like, this is one of the coolest detective movies I've ever seen. And it's not a comedy to where a lot of times when we talk about buddy cop films, they're usually alluded to like action comedies, not so much yeah. dramas. So that's, I bring it up because it was kind of one of the first uh, American movies in the buddy cop genre, but also it's kind of, it's kind of an outlier because it's not a comedy to where most of the films that we're discussing are comedies. And if they weren't marketed as comedies at the time, like Tango and Cash or Lethal Weapon, the way that they've aged, there's definitely a lot more comedic elements to them now than there maybe were when they first came out. I'll get a little more into like the Lethal Weapon franchise in a bit. But also, I think that just comes with the times. Like the 60s didn't have, I mean, the 60s definitely had a lot of comedies, but um, I don't think they were doing like action comedies, definitely not in the way that they are done today and certainly not in the way they were done in the 80s. So I think that just came with like trends. Exactly. Exactly. So I will say this. Um, basically, from the research that I did, just and then based off of just what I already knew, it's so interesting because the 60s and the 70s were riddled with buddy cop television shows. Everything from Starsky yeah. and Hutch to Chips, I Spy, et cetera, Dragnet. et cetera. Is there any? Dragnet, exactly. But there really weren't any movies until we got to 1982's 48 Hours, which ironically enough, me and you have talked off off camera or off, off air that neither one of us have ever seen that movie. Right. So it's interesting, but that was, that was kind of the start of it. And Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte kind of really brought the, the buddy cop film, made it huge in the 80s, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think also what 
maybe launched it a little bit more, which is ironic because it's really not a buddy cop movie is Beverly Hills Cop. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And the two sequels that that made. Yeah, which again is interesting so. because it like it's it's straight up not a buddy comedy like at all. It's just an Eddie Murphy movie. Exactly. Um, but it was exactly. I mean 1984 I think was one of the best years in cinema. And I mean Beverly Hills Cop was the highest grossing movie of 1984 beating out Gremlins, Temple of Doom and even Ghostbusters. Wow. Yeah, so that's impressive. And it also like it has one of it's I think um in terms of a movie that has like the longest number one weeks at the box office. It had it's number third, just behind ET and Titanic. It had fourteen uh, weeks as number one at the box office. So Beverly Hills Cop is this huge movie, which is weird because people really don't talk about it all that much. Like I've never heard anyone just like, "Hey, let's talk about Beverly Hills Cop," which is weird. I agree. It's definitely, you know, it's they're definitely movies of the times, right? And I remember they would play them on, you know, TBS and TNT when I was a kid, like on cable television. So, I, you know, I caught I caught them. I caught parts of them. They weren't movies that I went back to. Like, I, you know, we're going to get to like the Lethal Weapon franchise and like some of these other yeah. movies. But it definitely it was an influence. Right. So, yeah, take what you will from it. But because these movies made money, to your point, it made a lot of money. So the studios are sitting there going hey, capitalize on this market. How many buddy cop films can we crank out, right? Um, we'll, you know, we'll pair this person with this person and we'll get these odd couples out there, right? Pa- and, yes, and make they these definitely movies. got creative with that. Right. Um, to the point that Roger Ebert made a, made a comment years later and he called it, the way he described it, like it's a, it's a onesa. So it's like onesa, you know older yeah. vet who's been on the force for 20 years and one's a rookie or one's a you know person of color and the other one's a female or one's a dog and one's a human right so yeah. it's just it really it it's very interesting we've got a lot of messages to play so we're gonna breeze through these real quick oh we're no strangers to love Oh you God, know the great. rules, and so <laughs> do I. Got no commitments when I'm thinking of. When I get with the, any other guy, I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. Gotta make you understand. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert me. Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna tell a lie and hurt me. This is totally making my day. Ladies and gentlemen, Carmel Payne, uh, round of applause. Just wonder what he's gonna bring to the table. That was great. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, I got to apologize for that. It's just the moment I heard that Rick rule, I had to say, I had to just sing. But either way, I love the fact that you're going to talk about buddy cop films. Like, In the Heat of the Night is one of my favorite films. And yeah, oh. I do have to say that since maybe the late 80s and early 90s, buddy cop films have been pushing towards more of the action comedy genre and not much is more focused on dramas and thrillers where you have, you know, a mismatched pair of cops working together to solve a crime. I mean, 
as much as I would kind of go out to say that even seven in the way is kind of like a buddy cop movie because Freeman and Brad Pitt are two different cops from two different circles of life being forced to work together to solve a crime. I know there's plenty more that that I can come off the top of my head, but, you know, I don't want to distract that from my work, but I can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. Oh, yeah, I definitely have seven on my list. Seven's on my list as well, also because it's one of my favorite movies, so it's definitely has to be covered in one way, shape, or form. Let's keep playing these messages. Ooh, I love Beverly Hills Cop. Actually, I love Beverly Hills Cop 2 even more. Tony Scott's film, just Eddie Murphy going so over the top in his Eddie Murphyisms with that swagger. God, I love that one. But also going to give some love to Hot Fuzz, basically a parody of a buddy cop film that's still just as hilarious in many more ways. One hundred percent. It's interestingly enough, me and my friend Ben did a stereo show the other day on it was called Tony Scott versus Ridley Scott. Basically, like, who's the better director? Because you know what I mean? And yeah, ended up being a toss up because they both made like a handful of very memorable films. And then they just they each made also like just some garbage. So it's interesting because you brought up Beverly Hills Cop 2, which he directed. And, you know, now I kind of want to go back and rewatch all three of them and like and like actually sit down for the first time and watch them all the way through. Because if if some because if some people are saying the second one's the best one, I don't know. I'm excited about that. So I do want to kind of say I do appreciate um, when a film franchise brings back like the same cast, which Lethal Weapon did as well. I, I really think that elevates the storytelling. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, a lot of sequels don't do as well as the originals, for instance, like Die Hard really had a problem with that. Oh, 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard 2 is fine. It's passable. Like, I'll still watch it. Yeah. But then the rest of them are just fucking garbage. I also wanted to say, my dad actually used to own all the Lethal Weapon films on VHS, and then later on bought all four films like in a DVD collection set. So I have the physical copy whenever I want to watch them, and they're still so good. Did he buy the Blu-rays when the Blu-rays came out and then the 4Ks when the 4Ks came? We talked about this. I'm I'm going to have to buy the Blu-rays because I've I've literally watched my DVDs to the point where they don't play very well anymore. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it finally happens. I have I have I have albums like that. I have records that I've played. I bought them used and then I played them so many times and it's like, I need another copy of this. Yeah. I realized I butchered that part of the song, but you know what? I just want to have fun. It's all no, good. awesome. It was great. I know you'll probably get to it eventually, but one of my favorite is the Rush Hour franchise. Now, yes. I do realize that there's a lot of stuff that maybe hasn't aged well, and a lot of the TV, whenever they play it on, they, they definitely have a a little reminder of, like, you know, these were movies of their time, but I think a combination of buddy cop, you know, like martial arts and comedy, like it really, really works. And, and I love that franchise. We're going to get to Jackie Chan very soon. Um, we're going to play these last few messages as we continue yeah. to go into the eighties. Well, 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 if it isn't Lego hey. land and raw fish, bed, of all people. Anyway, I don't know that much about a buddy cop movies. Uh, I guess I've already talked about uh, what's it called uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, another 48 hours, 48 hours, 
Cop yeah. Out, which sucked. Uh, you know, anyway, I, I guess y'all already talked about those movies. But it's good to see y'all guys on here. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I just had some kind of weird stomach thing going on just now. But, uh, well, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not good on the buddy cop movies. You know what I want to fucking see? I want to see that goddamn Maverick movie. I mean, I know it's not a buddy, buddy, buddy cop movie. I can't even fucking say it, but, uh, I want to see that. That's what I want to see. I want to see. You know what Rob doesn't want to see? Maverick. Cause oh, no. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise. We'll, we'll shit on I Tom Cruise. I do not another time like Top Gun that much I, either. <laughs> Also directed by Tony Scott, ironically enough. Um, I liked yeah. Tom Cruise prior to t- like 2005, 2006. The last great Tom Cruise movie to me was Collateral. And then it all just kind of went down from there. But he's just become, he solely just does like action adventure movies, which is fine. That's totally fine. But there used to be a lot more, he used to do a lot more dramatic roles and kind of expand his horizons, which he no longer really does. Wow, we've got four messages to play. We're going to be getting to the 80s soon, kids. Oh, don't you slander, live for your diehard. That one's fine. Kevin Smith, come on, that one's fine. Fifth one, though, does not exist. That's a pizza truck. Hey, man, there can be a good cameo in a bad movie. Let's be real. (laughs) Facts. Facts. Yeah, Legoland, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I've played my DVDs so they don't play no more. Uh, I did the same thing with my, with my cassette tapes back in the day. Uh, it hasn't really happened. Well, well, it's kind of happened with my CDs as well. I guess so. Yeah. But, you know, that sucks. But, you know, as far as the music goes, I actually with, uh, movies as well, we, you know, we we have digital now, you know what I'm saying? So we can we can back all that shit up. But yeah, but that's nothing like owning a good copy of uh of like a good DVD. Like 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 I've always made sure my Dark Knight DVD is uh in pristine shape. Oh yeah, there's uh there's some that just get taken a little bit more care of than others. For sure. 100%. I've never watched Top Gun, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's okay. It Rob never, I've never seen The Matrix or The Princess Bride. Oh, no. TC Legend Slander and Top Gun Maverick with Ed Harris. You know, I'm there for opening day. I love Ed Harris. I love Ed, Ed, Ed Harris. Wait, it's Ed Harris is in it? Apparently. I mean, I, you know, oh. I, I vaguely I remember. I should, like, I should know that, but yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm a big Tom Cruise fan, but yeah, Collateral was a phenomenal movie, and I loved Collateral because I you got to see Tom Cruise play a villain, and there's never a time that you get to really see him be a bad guy, and in that movie he was a bad guy, and it was it was great, you know it was it was a uh, uh, kind of refreshing. I know that sounds weird. But it was refreshing to see him do something different and uh, to, to put his range out there. Couldn't agree more. We've got uh, three more messages. Uh, well, I was going to say, maybe let's talk a little bit get, about the right a little into, bit more and get, then play them. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate um, the messages. Keep sending them in. Stick around. Let's just hop right into 
for me, and I think for, for oh, you 20. as well, when the buddy cop genre took off, like hard and that weapon. directed by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black. Yep. Yep. Go for it, Lego. I mean, Just get right into it. Well, first and foremost, I got to say, obviously, Shane Black is is the 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 granddaddy of the buddy cop genre. <laughs> Like he, I mean, he has just four of the best buddy cop films and lethal weapon for me is the, the, the example, the prime example of what a buddy cop movie is. It is what really made the genre what it is. I mean, obviously it had some predecessors, but this is the one that really cemented what, what people think of when they think of a buddy cop movie, Martin Riggs and freaking Roger Murtaugh are it they were such a good pair um i mean obviously mel gibson ish but i mean danny glover they did work well together the cast was phenomenal and obviously shane black he wrote all four of the um lethal weapon films he's so good at this he knows exactly how to write a movie and i know you're a musician so the soundtrack it's great it's that saxophone uh, I don't know if you know this, but for um, the theme for Riggs, the guitar was played by Eric Clapton. Which I no was way. Fun. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, Lethal Weapon, we were talking about how, you know, the buddy cop genre kind of went comedy, but the first Lethal Weapon really wasn't much of a comedy. It was a, a little bit more of a serious action film. It wasn't until we got to the sequels that it became obviously much more comedic. And I when think that brought, just kind of echoed the time. Yeah. I agree. When they, by the time they brought the Joe, Joe Pesci in. Joe Pesci in the of, sequel, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of when it started to become more comedic. Because strangely enough, Joe Pesci was not, um, you know, necessarily a comedian. But no, in the same, definitely not. In, in the same year, Goodfellas and Home Alone came out. And he was the funniest part of Goodfellas. And obviously Home Alone being a, a family comedy, he kind of started to become like that guy. You know what I mean? In the 90s, they, they would put him in. He did a movie with Danny Glover in 96, I believe, called Gone Fishing. It's just like a buddy movie. It's a, it's a buddy movie. It's not a buddy cop movie. But like, and it was ridiculous in every single way, mildly entertaining to watch as a child. But like Joe Pesci went all in on that, like just like craziness, outlandish, like comedy in the 90s. And I think that's that why. That was a little after that, actually. What's that? I said that those were just a little bit after that. I think Lethal Weapon Two, which came out in '89, was the first time he really did anything that was comedy. Right, right. But what? Yeah, no. All I was saying was, is like by the time that came out, and then the next year with with Goodfellas and Home Alone, it really, like, by the time they got to the third and fourth Lethal Weapons. Joe Pesci's character was just like going all in and just being even more ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. hundred so, percent. Uh, what are your other thoughts on the lethal weapon movies? So in terms of like buddy cop, I think this, this, it really comes down to pairing. And what I liked is this kind of had so many different, it hit so many different things as it pertained to Roger and Martin in that, you know, Roger was the family man. He was the older cop. He was the by the book cop. He was the good cop. 
and whereas Riggs was, you know, the the burnt out one, you know, the widower. Wait, widow? Widower. Whichever. The renegade. Yes. Yes. I think they had really, really great villains. Uh, the action is phenomenal. The, the, the story is great and executed well. I like, the, I like that this is not a story compelled by plot, but a story compelled by character. Uh, I just prefer that. There's no right or wrong, each, whichever way they go, but I do prefer that character comes first. And I think this did a really good job of doing that. And I like that the progression of the characters throughout the series is done really well. And in terms of like buddy cops today, I think the only TV show, like we talked about how in the, you know, the sixties and seventies, you know, buddy cops are really TV, but nowadays you really don't see any buddy cop TV shows. The only one in recent times I can think of is the TV show that was based on lethal weapon, which I actually thought the first two seasons were really good as well. Really? Yeah. The third season was horrible. But I the never first two seasons were pretty good. Yeah, I never watched the I, show I, I, just because I was trepidatious about the whole thing. I was like, eh, I don't know about this. But I mean, and also, I'm because of the whole background about like the what was happening off screen was really dramatic. But um, I mean, Damian Wayne's played uh, Roger Murtaugh, and he's actually in quite a few of the um, buddy cop movies I have on my list for uh, going closer towards the nineties. Right. And then his son is actually in a pretty good one too. Interesting. You on yeah. And but yeah, definitely. Played, I mean, who played Riggs on the show. Clay Crawford. No. Okay. I don't know okay. if you know who Clay Crawford is. I mean, he yeah. is so good in that part. I mean, talk about perfect casting. I definitely would put that up there with with one of the best casting choices. Interesting. In recent TV history, yeah. For sure. Interesting. All right, let's get through some of these messages, and then yeah. we're gonna move on. If you ever watch, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Totally. You just said you never saw the Princess Bride. <laughs> are, are, are you ISIS? What do you mean? So here's the deal. I'm gonna make this story ten seconds long. I've seen parts of it. Like it was on ABC family, Fox family, whatever it was when I was growing up, but I never like sat down, watched it start to finish. Right. And it just never happened, but Hey, guess what? Subscribe here on stereo, subscribe to my YouTube channel because Rob's going to be doing some watch alongs here pretty soon of movies. He has never seen. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Ed Harris and, and, uh, uh, Ed TV is great. What up, P- uh, PLD? Oh, talk about Ed Harris. You still need to watch the Truman Show, also. <laughs> that another movie that I vaguely kind of remember watching, but need I know, I know, need to watch all the way. Through. I don't know if this is gonna be on any of your list, but obviously for me, Bad Boys is one of my favorite buddy cop films. I mean, Will Smith at his best, Martin Lawrence when Martin, the TV show Martin was still around, so he had that that height of relevancy. And also the first one, it felt so gritty that I loved it. I mean, the second one, of course, it went into the Michael Bay-isms. But even then, it's still a franchise I love uh, watching. Totally. Actually, now that I'm just realizing it, Martin Lawrence during his time, like in the early 2000s, did a buttload of, well, not buttload, but he did his fair share of buddy cop movies like Blue Streak, National Treasure. I mean, I love Blue Streak because it's just a... 
it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's fun at the same time. National Treasure on rewatch and, and in hindsight, it's very troubling to watch, honestly, especially with Martin Lawrence's character, the way that he's written in the film. Blue Streak was a great movie. I, I'll never forget watching that for the first time. Uh, well, let's just let's just move forward then. Let, you want to hop in? You want to round out the 80s, hop into the 90s? What are you thinking, Lego? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, All right. You want to go ahead and talk about another 80s movie? There's yeah, honestly why, so many. <laughs> why don't you why don't you take the lead on this one and then I'll take the lead once we get to the 90s. Okay. Um well, I just wanted to mention the movie Running Scared. Have you seen or heard of it? I have not seen Running Scared. So it's with Billy Crystal. I'm not sure about the name of the the gentleman who plays the cop beside him. The only other thing I recognize him from would be like History of the World, the Mel Brooks movie. But um, this is like Great kind movie. of a more unique um, buddy cop movie in that it's kind of like we'll probably mention this later. The Nice Guys, where it's not about two cops who are kind of in opposition to one another. These are basically the same person. <laughs> They're both, and they just. They're hilarious. I really, really like the movie uh, Running Scared. Totally would recommend it. It's very funny. A little hard to find. A little bit more obscure in terms of, you know, 80s buddy cop movies. But I definitely think it's worth mentioning because typically for the 80 cop movie, as we mentioned, it's about putting two people who are not similar together and seeing, you know, the comedic aspect of how that relationship works which is why buddy cop movies do tend to be a little bit more character driven over story driven as i mentioned with the lethal weapon franchise which is why i think that works so well um but uh with this it's it's not about that and i, I think that's i mean obviously billy crystal so funny so i i think that works in a way that's a little bit different and drives up the comedy but it does end up in a mall shootout. So those are always fun. <laughs> you make a good point about how a lot of the times, and you're right, you know, they're really not uh, plot driven as much as they are character driven because what's the plot of most of the movies? Well, they're cops. There's usually a murderer or a bank robber or some sort of a criminal, right? Who has, yeah. you know, people that work for them and that's they're they're chasing after and there's the suspenseful music, right? etc etc and i think that and we'll get to this later on but you know i think that is kind of where the downfall became because to your point you know you're investing in the characters and there's that's why movies like the other guys and the nice guys from the last 10 15 years have really stood out because the characters are so great to whereas a movie like cop out which is the only movie i've ever walked out of the theater on it was about three-fourths oh of the way through i couldn't take it anymore i turned to my buddy scott and i go you want to get out of here and he's like yeah fuck this movie and i'm like all day because the characters were either recycled 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 from things we've seen before or they just didn't invest in the characters at all and they were totally flat and when you've got a flat plot to begin with, if you don't have good characters, then your movie's just going to fall apart. So that's at least my thoughts on the whole thing. I want to really quick have... touch on a really, yeah, really, really, really quick want to touch on Tango and Cash with that. <laughs> the Tango and good. Cash is one of those movies where it's definitely not about the character. It's about the... That's a movie that, again, it's one of those ones that behind the scenes was totally falling apart. They were like writing it while they were filming it. It was, it was a mess. But the, the outcome, 
is a mess of a film that's fantastic because I mean Sly and Kurt Russell just just make it work even though it was it was a mess um but again that one that is the, one of the ones that it's rare and it, it's so weird that it works but it, that that one is definitely plot driven and I well, it's barely plot driven it's it's action driven it barely even has a plot it's purely action driven and I think that's why it didn't uh didn't get any kind of sequel because what can you even do with that but um that is another one where the character the actors I think worked really well off each other and uh, no, it's totally. a miracle that it worked and it's definitely really high up there and on memorable buddy cop movies Sure. And it all it also works because at the time Kurt Russell had just blown the fuck up. Stallone was at the height of his fame, you know, in terms of that real star power, right? Yeah, and I think that that's why mention, it worked. Uh, I think that's important to mention. That came out in um '89, I think. Mm. And, yeah, '89. And I think at this point, when we get into '90s film, we're gonna go into like genre deconstruction after that because this is like at the height of just like we're getting crazy action movies and then we're going to fall into like the genre deconstruction films. And then that's going to where we're going to see a turn in the mid nineties towards a little bit of a different era and of action movies. To where they really became more comedic. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to breeze through a couple of these yeah, messages real definitely. quick. He's, he's going to say when they brought in Joe Pesci, I know that's what he's going to say. Yeah. Those, those movies are good. Um, I can't think of any other. I don't know. I, I think we've done covered them all. I mean, there's Beverly Hills Cop, there's uh, 48 Hours, and then there's Lethal Weapon. And then, like I said, the aforementioned sucked uh, cop out movie. Um, I don't think there's any other uh, buddy cop films, really. I mean, I mean, can you, can you think of any more? Or maybe am I maybe I'm just having a brain fart or. Oh, we're going to get to maybe I just don't know my movies as well. I thought I did. But I think those are like the major ones. I don't think of any. uh, I can't think of really any other ones. I really can't. Now I think about it. Oh, oh, well, you got uh, that Kevin Hart rock. Was it rock? I I never watched it, so I don't know. I didn't watch that one. There's tons. We're going to get to them. Yeah, I'm going to say about the TV show. Yeah, my mom, she loved the TV show. I mean, me as a Damon Wayans fan, I wanted to get into it. But also because I love the film so much, I had huge conflict, like a personal bias going in. I mean, after watching the first episode, it was very interesting. But I don't know the show. It just wasn't enough to keep me invested. And then when I heard of the backstage drama, them replacing the the lead actor that played Riggs. And then, mm-hmm. then bringing in Sean William Scott, which I thought was interesting. But then Damian Wayne's leaves the Damon Wayne's leaves the show. Yeah, it, it felt to me that maybe I trust. It was like one time where I felt like I trusted my gut to not get invested into a television program. Yeah, the, totally. the background the background drama on that show was insane. <laughs> I, I want to hear more about that later. We're gonna keep going through these messages real quick. Oh, PLD dropping an Ed Harris movie. I mean, it's. A, not gonna joke. I I I, I kind of like that, and I swear if PLD's listening, if he's able to quote for quote uh, Ed Harris's speech from the Truman Show, Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Payne! I forgot about uh, Bad Boys. Yeah, you're right on that. Bad Boys. Uh, 
I actually liked uh, Bad Boys too more so than I liked uh, Bad Boys. But uh, I didn't really care for that new one. I didn't really care for it that much. I mean, I, I liked it. My brother liked it a lot, but I didn't really like it that much. I thought it was okay. But, yeah, Bad Boys is a good buddy cop movie. I, I can't believe that, that I blocked that out of my whole spectrum there. But, yeah, that's a good fucking movie right there. That's, that's, that's your buddy cop movie, Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2. All right, well, let's just get to it then. Um, is there anything you want to cover before 1995 when it comes to the 90s? Okay, like definitely quite a lot. <laughs> All right, go for um, it. Go I was going to say, we totally forgot to mention in 89, I feel like they got a little bit, uh, little bit crazy. So in 1989... Turner and Hooch and K9 both came out months apart yep. from each other. And Kim then we get Belushi to like the buddy. Yes. And we get to the buddy cop dog movies. And it yep. seemed like, I guess they were, I guess they just, they couldn't think of anything else to do. We've teamed up the old man and the young man. We've teamed up the black man and the white man. What is there left to do? Apparently all they could think of was a dude and a dog. Um, obviously I really love K9 and Turner and Hooch. I do think K9's the better film. It's a little bit more serious, whereas Turner and Hooch is a little bit more comedic. Um, in 95, 93, um, oh my God, Walker, Texas Ranger, what's his name? Uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. Yeah, he was in a, a, a buddy cop dog movie that was horrible. But um, generally, I called? do think they're kind of fun. Uh, top Dog. Top Dog. Oh, I've no, oh, it was 95, by the way. Yeah, so uh, they up. definitely started to get a little bit more creative going towards the late 90s into, like, what these team-ups were going to look like. But also, um, uh, there's some weird ramifications as to going straight from we've done everything we can think of, but really they've only done two different types of mashups and then they well, went straight to dogs. <laughs> you, make, you make a great point because it's like, Oh man, we did the old cop and the young cop. We did the black cop and the white cop. What what do we do? What I mean, God forbid they could have put a, a female in there, right? It was like they yeah, decided to actually... get a dog before they decided to get a woman. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm gonna get to that next. Um, in 1993, that's when we get to our genre deconstruction. Well, actually, we get to our genre deconstruction films, which are Demolition Man and The Last Action Hero. We also get yes. our parody film in uh, Loaded Weapon, which I really yes. love. Um. So Demolition Man, I wouldn't say is a buddy cop movie per se, though it does have elements of it within the film, which yes. would be uh, Sylvester Stallone with Sandra Bullock. And that's one of the rare ones that actually does have uh, a man and a woman. Actually, that might be the only one. It's, it's, it's the only one, one I well, have. Other than The Heat. We're going to get to The Heat, which is one of my well, favorite buddy cop movies. Well, The Heat's two women. The Heat's two women. I know. So that's but... a little different. The sad part is, is like, those are the only few examples that we have. That's what's... Well, that's actually, what's I also had Happy Time Murders. Yikes. Oh, that movie was so bad. It was so, so bad. bad. It could have so, been amazing. So it could have been amazing. Yes. But they just, they really... I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not a big fan of Melissa McCarthy. Um, I thought she was I'm great I'm not in either at all. But she's I thought she was good in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Yeah, That's she's about just it. taken the same bit and recycled it over and over and over and over and yeah. over again. But I also, now, I think when we when we get to that point, I have a whole thing on the type of humor today. I was gonna say we also right, forgot um, who who framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is a phenomenal film, like ten out of ten. Who framed Roger the, Rabbit is a great movie, but uh, teaming up, 
teaming up, you know, a grizzled cop with a cartoon character. Seems like it should be stupid and childish, but it's actually one of the least stupid and childish movies on this list. No, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, that's just a classic on its own for so many different reasons. So let's get into the, um, I'm going to play two messages and then we're going to get into the deconstruction of the genre in the 90s. The Running Scared with Paul Walker, a remake of that other Running Scared? I have only seen the Paul Walker one. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes, Running Scared with Billy Crystal is an excellent film. My dad uh, had me watch it when I was a kid. Great movie. <laughs> Yo soy Smith and Wesson. <laughs> or he said, Do I have a Smith and Wesson? But he has a gun pointed at the guy's head. Great film. Good call. Uh, oh, and, uh, no, that is funny. The other gentleman's name was Gregory Hines. You're thinking of Gregory Hines. They're unrelated, Lego? Unrelated. Unrelated. If I'm not mistaken, I think I have running scared on. Uh video cassette anyway yeah the nice guys oh man that's a good movie i want to hear y'all talk about For sure. that that's a good movie i like that movie i've seen it a couple times i remember when it came out i watched it once and then i immediately watched it again it's a good movie i like gross crow but i like ryan gosling i mean i don't know what it is about that stupid guy i like him a lot <laughs> he's good in almost everything he's in and Russell Crowe is good, too. That's a good movie yeah. that nobody watched called uh, Body of Lies, which has mm-hmm. Leo DiCaprio and uh, Russell Crowe in it. And uh, they do a good job in that movie. I, I like Russell Crowe. I liked him in uh, American Gangster as well. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are some good movies. Body of Lies is phenomenal. So, all right. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'll have to. It's great. I I love Leo. I've I think I've seen all of his movies, almost all of his movies. All right, let's get into the mid '90s here. I'm gonna bring up Will Smith because to me, the the three big names in the the buddy cop genre would be Shane Black as a writer yeah. and a director, Eddie Murphy yeah. for what he did with the genre in the '80s, and then even. Uh, with like the 2002 film Showtime, which isn't a buddy cop movie per se, because he plays an actor and Robert De Niro's mm-hmm. the cop, but kind of dipped his feet back into the genre, right? And then Will Smith, because let's be honest, between Bad Boys, Men in Black, Wild Wild West, he really improved and made, I mean, to me, improved the genre. The, the way because the, the the way it was it was starting to get a little stale um that same you know now we're gonna put a dog in it and by the way i don't know if you've seen the sequels to canine they're they're pretty yeah. good the jim belushi but i like them then we get to the mid 90s and love it or hate it you know will smith kind of came in and it wasn't just him specifically but the genre did to kind did kind of start to turn and really lean into the action comedy see i disagree with that (laughs) okay i think actually i would go with the two damian wayne's films and i'd say that they would were the ones that kind of improved it which would be bulletproof and the last boy scout last boy scout being also a shane black um, last boy scout's great yes for sure so all right so you all right so yeah i mean damian wayne's as well I'll, i'll throw his name in i'll definitely throw his name in the ring then um, 100%. So you wanted to talk about the deconstruction of the genre. Go for it. Yeah. Let's hear it. So 
generally speaking, once you get to a point where you're getting your parodies like Loaded Weapon and your genre deconstructions like The Last Action Hero and The Demolition Man, at that point, your your genre is going to undergo a change. And it certainly did. And 93 was definitely the year where that kind of happened. We were getting these like, I don't know. I feel like in, in the late, in the mid 90s, we were getting these like really crazy very action-driven movies, definitely, but they still were a little bit more on the realistic side, and they were still, well, yeah, they were definitely more on the realistic side, and they were a bit, tended to be a little bit more on the gritty side with comedic elements, but after that, you're in the 90s, it just went off the rails. You started getting, like, your your con airs, you're the rocks, you're the face-offs, you're, I'm just gonna list Nick Cage movies at this moment, <laughs> um, <laughs> Independence Day. Those are the ones that came to me. Independence Day, Armageddon's for some non-Nick Cage ones. Um, at that point, in the 90s is where you're getting these like big ass budget movies that don't make any sense in a real world element. Like at that point, they just did not even care to try to make these realistic. They were almost borderline sci-fi um, action movies. And the buddy cop movies... We had a lot less buddy cop movies in the 90s and early 2000s, and we didn't really get a resurgence until a little bit later on in the um, mid-2000s going towards 2010. But the ones we did, um, like you were talking about Will Smith with Bad Boys and um, Wild Wild West, and like I was talking Man about with um, yeah, Damian Wayans with like Bulletproof and The Last Boy Scout, um, they were definitely more action all of those movies were not character driven they were they were more action driven with i would say the exception being the last boy scout again because that was a shane black movie right you know and it's and i think that's that why say, they weren't as big it's interesting that you say that because to me the 90s was the height the, the 90s and the early 2000s to me was the height of the buddy cop movie in general because you know you know, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, I wouldn't say are buddy cop films, but they're they kind of are because they were they just took place in a different time period, if that makes sense. Um, to be honest, men, men I've in, never seen it, so I don't didn't know that. Interesting. Men in Black, they're not cops. They're, you know, they, they're FBI agents, agents, and I definitely right. think that counts. They're okay, not FBI, so I, but they're like government agents. I count it. Right. But to your point, the 90s is when it just became we're just not going to have a plot and or characters. They're just going to be hollow. We're going to have a lot of explosions, um, you know, funny, funny one-liners and puns that we can put in the trailer, you know, and kind of leave it at that. And then that's to me when it imploded on itself in the early two thousands. And then like PLD brought up hot fuzz earlier where we get to the mid to late two thousands, where they kind of really start to, almost become meta where it's almost like they know they're making a buddy cop movie. You know what I mean? Yes. And that was definitely uh, the comedy of the time. And that's also obviously just with like the three flavors of Cornetto, very much that, that element there. What are the three flavors of Cornetto? I want to know more about it. It's a hot fuzz, Shaun of the dead and at world's end. It's three movies. I've only ever seen Hot Fuzz. I've not seen the other two. So I need to watch Okay, those. I know. Rob. I know, I know, Lego, I know. <laughs> no, I know. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, you're good. You're so, good. So many movies I've just like. I've, if you I've wanted to play like a few I've, messages after this, I've seen so many movies, and then it's like, wait, you haven't seen that? Wait, you haven't seen? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm the same spaces. way. Blank spaces. All right. Uh, if you want to play some messages, go for it. Yeah. Who does he think he is? He thinks he's Rambo. Rambo is a pussy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Uh, you got another. Oh one. my God! I just also remembered. Buddy Cop Films also did the same with adults and kid pairings. You know, like the grizzled vet adult Last cop being paired real. with the kid. Like, uh, what's that movie with Burt Reynolds? A cop and a half. Oh yeah. my God! That uh, they actually tried doing that with family. You know, make the make the genre more family friendly, like friendlier than you know the PG thirteen Buddy Cop movies were, but. Yeah, that was also kind of like a weird period in time. Is hot. Say we also is... forgot. To... Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say we uh we didn't mention Cop and a Half, which is really bad with Burt Reynolds, and then we also didn't mention um Stop or My Mom Will Shirt. I was my mom will shoot say that in the early nineties. Movie so yeah. terrible. That mo- like so, so bad. bad, so bad. I mean, uh, so side note, so it, Hot Fuzz is that the second one in the in the trilogy that you speak of? Uh, is, is Shaun of the yes. Dead the first one? All right, Shaun really of the Dead, Hot those. Fuzz, and then At World End. I really yeah, need I'm gonna to watch go ahead and play a couple more Go messages. Ahead. Go for it. Lego Land. I remember Top Dog. I kind of <laughs> erased it from my memory until you just brought it back up. Thank you for that. But uh, yeah, I remember Top Dog. God, that movie was horrible. That movie's horrible. But I, I did like Turner and Hooch. I forgot about that. They did. They did try to go a different route and use a. Uh, animals as in replace of the buddy cop but uh i remember canine i think they made a, a second canine i think they made another There's one i could be wrong about three that. Of them. i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert on buddy cop movies but um but yeah i do remember god i forgot that top dog came out i wish you never would have said that <laughs> <laughs> anyway it'll be all right it'll be all right i'll rock myself to sleep tonight be fine Oh no! By the way, two so sorry. Notes, two side notes. One, the Bill Pullman speech in Independence Day still holds amazing, it's fantastic. Yes, it's one of sure. the greatest monologues in in modern film Ever. cinema. And yeah. then, you know, everybody forgets that they were supposed to do this Nick Cage Superman movie, and yeah. they took all of the concept art from that and made put it in Wild Wild West, which. I'm not gonna lie, was like my favorite movie in third grade. I think I watched the VHS tape like 50 times. I had the Jim West. Did that movie have a weird animatronic spider, or is that a fever dream I'm having? Okay, yeah, yeah, because they wanted because they wanted that in Superman. All right, yeah, okay. Doctor Doctor Arliss Loveless, played by Kenneth Branagh, uh, who was the villain in the movie, (laughs) became a giant spider at the end. It was very, uh, you know, steampunk uh, driven as well. Um, for sure. And uh, Kevin Klein's character's first name was Artemis. It was Artemis something. That was his character's name. I had the action figures from Burger King's, like Happy Meals. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. The soundtrack, it was phenomenal. In retrospect, though, though that movie is a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> oh, for real. But it's entertaining. Highly entertaining. We and got another message? More messages. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I liked uh, the heat. Uh, I thought it was okay. I only seen it once. I remember when it came out. That that was the only time I've seen it. 
But I thought it was funny. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good, you know, turn your brain off, eat some popcorn, watch a movie. You know what I mean? It was funny. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's all I can say about that movie. But <laughs> I have to watch it again, I guess. For sure. Uh, let's do... In terms of 90s, uh, as a kid, my favorite, what you would consider Buddy Cop movies, a last action hero. That was just a yeah. big fun movie. And Arnold was, was doing something different than he typically did, and it was actually, it actually kind of worked. So uh, I like that movie a lot. 100%. You want to get into the 2000s? Oh, whoa, hang on. We didn't mention Rush Hour, which is obviously oh, we, very important for the we, Buddy Cop. We did not. So how... 98, never Rush Hour. The, the first time I saw Rush Hour, I just laughed so hard. I mean, just laughed out loud. That movie was so... It's so of the times, too. You know, it's a very late 90s, like, in retrospect. But it was a yes. great movie. It was, And the second one was great as well. The third one, not so much. But... I don't even remember the third one. Uh, definitely like the first two, though. Yeah, they were great. It's, uh... And once again, to me, you know, and then Jackie Chan. So, like, that happened... Shanghai Noon. Uh, did you ever see the tuxedo with him and Jennifer Love Hewitt? No. That's another. It's just like, we're just going to keep recycling the same idea. You know, Jackie Chan is this like FBI agent martial arts kind of guy. And he's going to team up with somebody and they're going to take down a crime syndicate. And that I mean, that's like, can you imagine like the Hollywood pitch rooms at the time, like in the late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s? Like, imagine this, you know, Will Smith renegade cop right teamed up <laughs> with whoever's available <laughs> and they're yes. gonna take down a crime syndicate and it's like dude i've heard 10 pitches of the same movie today you know what i mean yeah i was gonna say with like rush hour i mean in terms of buddy cop movies it's pretty formulaic it's just taking two different types of people and pairing them up but this one does it, we are starting to get towards a little bit more it's weird saying this movie is progressive <laughs> But we're starting to get a little bit more. Let's have two leads, neither of whom are white. And that that is a little bit, for its time, um, progressive. That hurts my soul to say. I just want that to be noted. Um, but if you go back for a moment to, like, Demolition Man, which is, like I said, not really a buddy cop movie, but has elements of it um, in terms of being a genre deconstruction movie. There's definitely this little scene where um, Sly goes to the... Um, police station and he's looking at cops getting their partners and uh they were making fun of like the buddy cop idea where it's like we're gonna they call out like a certain type of person and pair them with like a cartoon character and like here's a different type of person to pair with a different type of person and they're just completely making fun of how the buddy cop genre works in that moment and it's like a 30 second even if that scene that completely nailed what they've been doing for like you know, 30 years or 40 years now. Yeah, no, 100%. I could not agree more. So, all right. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about the 90s or we're we just going to get right into the 2000s? Um, I think we can go into the 2000s. All right, yeah. let's do it. Uh, so on t before we do, I'm, I'm going to get through two messages. That's definitely apart from running scared. It was the funniest part of the whole movie. Billy Crystal has a gun to the guy's head, and uh, he act. The guy said he act like he didn't speak English, and he's like, "No hablo inglés," and he's like, 
Diablo is Smith and Wesson. Because that's what the gun he's holding. <laughs> it's definitely from that movie. Yep. Oh, there you go. You just stole it. Yeah, Last Boy Scout was dope, son. That was a dope movie. I loved Last Boy Scout. I wish they'd make more movies like that. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I agree with you. Is all I'm trying to tell you. Is I agree with you, Lego. I like, I love Last Thank Boy you. Scout. That's a good fucking movie. Um, damn it, you know what I mean? I mean, like, like that was that was that that was that late late nineties goodness that we got. Can we go back to that? I mean, I really want to <laughs> go back to that, but with better production value. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Better production. Sure. I think some of the stuff that happened in the 90s should just stay in the 90s. And not, I mean, some and of it, definitely. Oh, we it. forgot to mention Seven. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's a... Man, really dropped the ball on that one, Lego. Uh, 1995? Ah. No, I'm kidding. Five, I'm kidding. 95. My gosh. I'm kidding. Uh, well, it's in my top five favorite films of all time. It's, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's for sure. It's like Godfather, Rocky, Lebowski, Dark Knight, Seven. All like oh, all freaking love Lebowski. Yeah, we we can talk about that later. But so what's so great about Seven is it's the buddy cop movie, but it's one hundred percent serious. It's not yes. and at the time. That's not what made the money. Like they, you know, the studio could have come in because look at what happened with Fincher on Alien Three. The studio oh came in and said, this yeah. is what we want to do, right? Fucked him over. He comes back with Seven and puts his name on the map for being just, you know, eventually one of the greatest directors we've ever had. My opinion. Yeah, but, that's, that's a little stretch, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but that being said, you know, this is a movie that the studio at any point could have come in and said, let's make it a comedy. Like, let's keep same premise, but let's make it a little more comedical. You know, and they didn't. And it stayed true to what they were trying to get out there. And I think that's why it worked. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, honestly, I think it's just a legitimately good movie. And it ha and again, going with the buddy cop like we've been talking about was definitely this is both story and character, and it blends that very well. And the movie works because we are introduced to these characters so well. And by the end, when we get to the what's in the box, we fucking care. And I, and, and it, and it's, and it is surprising. Like, I don't care who you are. You did not see that movie coming. Not at all. Not My friends and family cannot stand me whenever they get a package delivered or at Christmas time or at somebody's birthday, because for probably the better part of 15 years, I've done the what's in the box bit. Like anytime somebody get, I'll go to somebody's house and they get a package. I go, Oh, what's in the, what's in the box. And they're just like, Rob, shut up. Like I, we've heard that from you 1000 times. (laughs) It's too bad. What's in the basket didn't take off. Oh, from Silence of the Lambs? No, from Basket Case. No I've one's ever heard Basket. of that movie. I've never seen Basket Case. No one's ever Case. heard Who's of in that Basket movie. Case? Nobody. It's a Frank um Hen and Lauder movie. It's it's it, you you've gotta be into the weird horror movies to know that reference. 
We're we're trying to get Rob into what's that production company you were telling me about? Hammer Horror. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty popular. I, I, I would say that well, those are definitely like classics. Right. Not necessarily good classics. Some of them are, but like they're definitely classics. I gotta watch those first before I get to uh, Basket Case, which sounds great because what's in the basket? I just my mind went to Silence of the Lambs. You know, it puts the lotion on the skin. Uh, he's got the yeah, basket. Yeah, I, I got the connection. I love that you movie. Got, you got it. Yeah. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into the next segment of the show. If you'd like to uh, take the lead on this one, go for it. Um, so for the earlier part of the 2000s, there weren't really a whole lot of like new, um, like buddy cop movies. I mean, the only one I really have on my list would be like the the film version of Starsky and Hutch. And right. I don't know when Hot came out actually. Well, uh, and, and uh, Hot Star- Buzz with Star- the Oh, oh four, I believe. Oh four. So yeah. what's interesting is like I'm looking on Wikipedia, full disclosure, and it's like 16 blocks. That was a good movie of Bruce Willis. Um, definitely Bruce Willis has dabbled and definitely dabbled in the buddy cop genre, very much hardcore. Um, you've got Showtime from 2002, which I watched a few times as a kid because I was young enough that I didn't. I could I my bar was still set low enough that I could watch a movie like that and stomach it. Um, that film version of I Spy once again with Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. Um, Taxi with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. I mean, some of these are these are just terrible. Do you remember Hollywood? Can we honest? Yeah, I've never heard of half of these. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're not good films. National security. Yeah. I mean, once again, Owen Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson really dabbling into this genre as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Martin Lawrence. Oh, Kiss for Kiss sure. Bang Bang came out in 05. There now, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is that's an actually that's a good movie. That's like a legitimate film. Where everything else I'm naming is pretty much just all box office popcorn movies. I would say of the Shane Black films, that's definitely by far way, way, way the the bottom for me. Oh no, I I, I agree. But in terms of the movies I'm talking about, it ranks oh, higher yeah, than Starsky for and sure. Hutch and Taxi and yeah. National Security, right? Um, yeah, definitely. But that's pretty much the 2000s, and it's interesting because now the more I think about it, I would really put Martin Lawrence on the buddy cop list almost even more than will smith to an extent because he really did a lot of those kinds of films like we talked about blue streak national security i mean he's all over the place but But well i think will smith is what brought people to watch them sure right he's what got people to show up a bit more memorable right no i agree i agree i mean it's just and then like no go ahead um, Say, then when we get to 2010, it's Cop Out and the other guys. And obviously, one of those movies was definitely superior. <laughs> I saw both of them in the theater. I walked out of one. I wanted to stay through the credits for the other because it, I was still laughing my ass off. Um, I mean, why have we not gotten a sequel to that? Now, granted, I'm not a huge fan of comedy sequels because they usually don't work. Like Anchorman 2, for example. But if they were going to make a sequel to a another buddy cop movie of recent years i was really hoping for the other guys because it was so fucking good see i want a prequel with Dwayne the rock johnson and samuel l jackson before their uh opening in that movie (laughs) because they need to be in a movie together like 10 years ago 
Yeah. Literally 10 years ago. (laughs) Now that's a script that I would want to see get made. 100%. But I mean, technically that, I mean, the other guys is kind of a genre deconstruction film too. And it's definitely, it's very meta. It's definitely making fun of, of, of the action movie, not necessarily the buddy cop movie, but they're, it's definitely making fun of the action movie. Um, uh, yeah. I, I love the opening to that movie. It, it it ranks high up there in terms of best openings in, in recent years. It is great. It's it's intolerably or it's it's incredibly great. Um and like I said, the two thousands to me, like just from looking at this list, there it's just I mean, these are so many movies that were like I saw them either on DVD or in the theater and remember watching them all, but have forgotten about the fact that most of these movies even existed because they weren't, they all had expiration dates and it's like, they were popular for a year, right? Got some money, DVD revenue, put them on, put them on basic cable a year and a half down the road. And then that's where they, that's where they died. We're, we're, you know, on cable TV on FX and TNT reruns, you know? And then to me, everything started to change again once we got two movies like the other guys into the new decade. So before we get to that, I do want to play a few messages because we are a little backed up, which is a good thing. Thank you guys for sending these in. It's a, that's the sound that a that is made when you rip a bong and then knock a bunch of things over. Oh, Rob, you gotta get off the stereo right now and go watch Shaun of the Dead. My God! <laughs> yeah, definitely. PLD surprised. <laughs> I am appalled, Rob. How could you not watch all three flavors of Cornetto? You're missing out. Josie's right. I know. Such is life. Rob's got some Rob's got some studying. This is also this also does not bode well for my film trivia matches that I have coming up because everybody's really learning Rob's weaknesses at this point. I was like, say, yeah, we, talk, we know your weaknesses. You want to talk movies from the 40s and 50s? I'll kick your ass all day. But we get to uh, Shaun of the Dead. Nope. Another uh, kind of under the radar buddy cop um, sleuth kind of gumshoe movie uh, with Bill Pullman in it is uh, something called The Zero Effect. Starring Bill Pullman mm-hmm. and Ben Stiller. It's kind of under the radar, and I don't know if you've heard it, but uh, it's actually a pretty good solid film. And uh, I guess you would consider it a buddy cop movie. Even though he's a private detective, it's still, it still fits. I appreciate the use of the term gumshoe. Yeah, that's a great term. And we'll put that on the list of uh, uh, all the movies we need to watch. Oh, Kenneth Branagh's character from Wild Wild West is... His character's name, yeah, Dr. Loveless, and Kevin Klein's character, Artemis Gordon. Um, yeah, movie is, yeah, it's it's wrong and not wrong on so many levels, but it's just like a, a huge mess. And yeah, that whole um, steampunk tarantula, I think I do remember listening to reports that uh, Sonnenfeld or some of the scriptwriters took that idea from the Nick Cage, Tim Burton Superman movie that yeah. was supposed to happen. Yeah. That is correct. I believe uh, Carmel Payne was starting his car towards the end of that message. <laughs> Definitely. I will say, though, going back to Beverly Hills Cop for a second. Can you hear me? 
Hello? I don't know if anyone can hear me. Can yeah, hear in me? the third I'm rush hour, that was terrible. Yeah, uh, They go to Paris mainly to... Uh, it's mainly involving the triad and some secret list or something. I just remember that Chris Tucker, he wanted more control in the film. Like he, like his character started doing, a, had more screen time than Jackie Chan, which is weird because the plot of the film looked like it was geared more towards Jackie's character. It's just like, maybe that had some behind the scenes drama that just got a little insane because I'm gonna be honest, Jackie Chan looked like he zoned the fuck out in that film. He was just uh, phoning it in. Yes, uh, I would believe we're having some technical difficulties. Lego, if you can hear I me. I think it's good now. Oh. I was going to mention Seven, but I wasn't sure if it... I don't know. It does, I guess, fit the buddy cop genre, but a very dark corridor of it. It's a, it's a dark kind of um, almost, almost gore horror film. So... Uh, it is and suspenseful as well, but I wasn't sure if it fit in the buddy cop genre. I guess you could catalog it as buddy cop, but I was going to mention Seven. Probably, probably in terms of quality, probably one of the greatest buddy cop movies of all time. Hundred percent. So I don't know what the hell happened. Stereo said that it it yeah. had to do something and it refreshed, but we're back. Uh, I Hopefully. got nervous there for a second. Um, yeah. All right, let's move forward. Uh, what would you like to add to the conversation next? Okay, so I, I feel like at this point, we can just go ahead and talk about 21 Jump Street. Oh. <sighs> I have negative feelings. Do you have, what are your feelings before I go into it? So here's the deal. The movie came out and I was like, okay, they're making the Johnny Depp TV show and do a movie. Can't, can, you know, this is what, this is what we get, Lego. We get move, shows from the you know, whatever decade that's 20 years, 30 years prior, and then 30 years later, they make the film version of it, right? Yeah. Or we get movies, and then 20, 30 years later, we get the television show version of them, like with Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And to me, there are very few that are able to do them well, and we'll do our own show on that. But I say all that to say this. All of my friends were like, oh, you got to watch 21 Jump Street. And I'm like, eh, that movie's, it's just not for me. Like, you know, I'm sure it's great. I was busy doing music, a lot of music stuff at that time. I remember that, that summer, that year. And then I finally watched it. It was on HBO or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, this is fine. This movie's fine. It's not amazing. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. And then they made a sequel that was less than fine. What are your thoughts? So I actually really, really like the TV show. And okay. okay, I'll be honest. Did I watch all five seasons because it has a bop of an intro? Maybe. Okay. Just maybe. But I really do <laughs> like the TV show. And this movie was really not the TV show in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to be no. honest. I'm not the biggest Lord and Miller fan. I mean, I love Spider-Man Into the Spider-First. I think that's one of the best movies to come out in the past 10 years. But other than that, their other movies just aren't that great. I'm surprised they get so much acclaim. Sure. And I think when we come into the 2000s, we start to get to a lot of like low brow and like very immature humor, which I don't, that's not a bad thing, but that's just not me. That's just not what I like personally. Um, right. So of course I'm not going to like this movie Because that's what this is It's just, it's like for 12 year olds And I'm not really interested in it 
Um, and it's again, it's 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 not the show. The, the show was not really a buddy cop movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it occasionally had elements of it, but this was like a team of cops, more like a like a more serious police academy. It wasn't really a buddy cop thing. Um, um, the movie was, but even then, it was just goofy and dumb, like a lot of uh, you know. 2010s comedies movies i couldn't agree more and it's like you know even like throwing brooklyn 99 into the ring with andy samberg like i've seen a few episodes of it it's fine it's very to me it's very like meta in the fact that like they know what's going like they know they're kind of parodying all of these things right um but it's not like a full-on parody like loaded weapon was right yeah um and this past decade for me um, the other guys was great. The nice guys was awesome. And Amazing. I didn't, I did enjoy the heat. Uh, we'll get into, I guess we'll just get into Melissa McCarthy. Yes. You didn't enjoy the Look. heat. I, see, I like Sandra Bullock. No. I love Sandra Bullock movies. So I like Sandra Bullock. You know what? Would, would you classify speed as a buddy cop movie? See, I, I was questioning about it. that for my list. I, I looked I at it. it. I thought about it, but no, because Keanu Reeves is the only one, if that makes sense. Well, know no, what because I mean? like 40, 48 hours and Bulletproof are both a cop teams up with a, a, a like, quote, criminal. And I think those right. are both still buddy cop movies. Um, right. And I, I, and I, I, I would questionly maybe add speed to it, maybe. Okay. But we'll it, put, I mean, we'll put a question mark. Question mark. Yeah. But going back to the heat, I just it just goes back to that that dumb humor that I just don't like, and Melissa McCarthy just doing her shtick all over again. And I like Sandra Bullock, but it was just uh, it was like to me it was like the again another freaking uh, Melissa McCarthy movie like the uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, it was 2016, oh, right? So oh bad. god! That Wait, it was, was also so Paul Feig. Bad. Paul Feig made that. Paul Feig made both these movies. I'm just not a Paul Feig fan. Neither I am I. Paul Feig. Full full disclosure. Yeah, Paul. Like, he did Spy, Bridesmaids, Unaccompanied Minors. Okay. I like. But yeah, just not. Just not. not into Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy. Just so for I'm me, in. like Bridesmaids, I think is a great film. Um, gr- granted, I've only seen it twice. I saw it when you know, like when it first came out on DVD and then maybe like six months later when it was on like HBO and I liked it. I I really, really enjoyed that movie. The heat. I think it was because at the time, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock has kind of been away from, you know, doing a lot of movies now for a while. And I thought that was one of her better ones in the last like five to 10 years. And it was right before Melissa McCarthy's shtick really just started to get stale if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so for me, Bridesmaids, okay, I like the character. It's pretty funny, blah, 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 blah. The rest of the, the cast was great. And then the Heat, okay, cool. I can buy it. I've only seen it once. I saw it when it first came out on DVD or VOD or whatever. Rented yeah. it. It was like, this is good. This is an entertaining movie. It's not, it's not, you know, Raging Bull or Taxi Driver, but it's, it's a good movie. I was entertained. But then after that, everything that Melissa McCarthy has done. And unfortunately, I'm, you know, Kristen Wiggs in my top three favorite performers from Saturday Night Live ever. I, she just, I love Kristen Wiggs. But her film career, like the Skeleton Twins was 
phenomenal. That's a great movie. Mm -hmm. She's made other great films as well. But then with Ghostbusters, that movie could have been fucking great. But all they did was the same gags that they'd been doing in all of their other movies. And the characters were hollow. They were never fully formed. And then even um, I'm blanking on her name right now. And I shouldn't be blanking on her name right now. The Kate McKinnon. Who I also love from Saturday Night Live is in a different movie. She's like playing this this part that it's like, wait, no, this all makes sense. But like the movie, the only part I like. (laughs) The movie you're in, I'd be interested to watch that movie because it's probably better than what we got. But it was so over the top, right? I mean, she was she was by far the only part I liked. Melissa McCarthy's character and Kristen Wiig's character were just annoying to me. And then yeah, same with Leslie definitely. Jones. It was like, there was no, you know, she showed up with the hearse and she's like, yeah, I got this from my uncle. And I'm like, okay, like, but then, you know, you get, uh, you know, Bill Murray shows up and Dan Aykroyd in like these little, and it's like, is this the same universe? It that 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 movie on its own is a different conversation just because how much it irked me. And now yeah. they're trying to backpedal and make a direct sequel to the original two, which, you know, yeah. I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to play a couple of messages and then we'll kind of wrap right. down the, go ahead. The 2010s. Go ahead. Okay. Oh my God. Lego, you just referenced basket case. I think I'm in love. Love <laughs> basket case. Gotta love Frank Hen and water. Hey guys, what are y'all plans for Valentine's day? I have hemorrhoids, so I can't really. I'm not gonna play that. Every time you guys said the other guys, I keep thinking of the nice guys, and I was like, I never took the nice guys to be a buddy cop, but now I realize how dumb I was. Oh, definitely, for sure. I, I think Paul Feig is a lot better in television because some of the episodes of The Office he directed are some of my favorites in Arrested Development and stuff like that. But yeah, the movies are pretty hit or miss. Now that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, directing cause... television is much different than movies too because with television you have like a team of writers and you're, right. you're, you're, you're just coming in to do an episode or a couple episodes. So you can't really F that up too much. And too, I will say, you know, you can't throw all the shade on Paul Feig because to me at the end of the day, the studios... I guarantee you have just gotten way too involved in a lot of these films. I mean, as not. Well. I mean, in terms of Ghostbusters, again, Ghostbusters is a different conversation. But in terms of Ghostbusters, that that was him. That was just all him. He's the that one was that all him. The, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that movie was such a disaster. Oh god! But continuing with the uh, sad Melissa, Melissa McCarthy hate. To be clear, I don't know any. You know, it. I'm just talking about her. Her movie career not in any way shape about her person and i don't think she's a bad actress either because i've certainly seen her in things that i really love it's just the her movie dramatic she picked, roles are i great. don't like what have you seen can you ever forgive me no it was a great her drama movies are fantastic i mean she yeah, she's she got the chops similar it. yeah similar to bill murray she's got the chops she's got the acting chops it's just like I'm a, I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge Gilmore Girl fan. And if you see like where her career started versus, you know, where it went, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of it's just got to do with the paycheck. 
I mean, it's like, you know, you want, do you want to be wildly famous and make millions of dollars? Who the fuck's going to say no to that? I think it's like where she got success. It's like she did. I'm not saying necessarily she was typecast, but kind of. She was. Well, the same things happened with Tom Cruise and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know, I'd love to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson take on a dramatic role. That's an interesting statement. <laughs> I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him do it. I didn't. I didn't say the movie would be great. I would just say I'd like to see it. <laughs> I maintain he plays one character. He knows where he's good. Oh, did you see they're doing a TV show of the young, the Young Rock on ABC? I did. I, I saw that it popped up on a YouTube so ad the other day. I but um. Let me know how it is. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. But um, The Happy Time Murders. Oh, my God. The Happy Time Murders. That the movie has so looked, much potential. The trailer looked amazing. Yes. I thought this was going to be like a legitimate film noir with, with Muppets. And I was so excited. And then, like, the teaser trailer. That's what I thought. And then the actual trailer dropped. And I saw Melissa McCarthy. And my... I my hopes and dreams died <laughs> because it just goes back to that same, like really low brow humor again. And that's not wrong. Like you can do it in a way that's good. Like um, totally blanking on the movie. They're in Las Vegas. They lose a friend. What is it called? The hangover. Yes. The hangover. Like you can do it and you can do it well, like in that movie, but this is just, it's just over the top for over the top sake. And that's always boring. That it's just like always boring, exactly. and it, it's it the just... characters are. You mentioned this earlier about the characters being hollow. This movie, they they so are in, in a way that's it's it's so angering because it's freaking Muppets. You could do this well. You could do like a we've seen a Muppet noir film, you know, with Muppets Take Manhattan. You know, you could right. do this and you can do it well, and you can do it even in a buddy cop fashion. And they just haven't squandered it. Or um, what was that movie? Netflix with uh, Will Smith. Bright. Bright's a buddy cop movie, but you know, it's a bad one. <laughs> I didn't but it, see it, that one. Up there. It's a bad one. And I mean, both of these movies are kind of allegories for discrimination, definitely. Sure. But they, they're just both not done well. <laughs> and that's unfortunate. Because they is. had cool it's very premises. Unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because there's, I mean, once again, you know, we're entering a new decade. And it's like, are we, is the genre dead? You know, I mean, can it be reinvented? Can they, you know, kind of reconvene and try to make, you know, like the nice guys. It's so good. It's like, why can't we get more of that? Not too many, but here and there. I mean, talking about going towards them being good again. um, We have the nice guys, which we'll get to in a sec, but there are two I want to talk about before then. Um, I don't know if you would consider it a buddy cop film. I I do. Um, Let's be cops with Jake Johnson and Damian Wayans Jr. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's that, a good movie. That was funny. I really like that one. Um, I those two dudes. I mean, they worked together on a new girl. They definitely already had chemistry, and they brought that to the screen. I think it was very well done, and it's a funny movie. I mean, technically neither of them are cops, but they're pretending to be. So. Um, I, I would still put it in the buddy cop genre. Um, and they it worked well. It kind of went a little bit back. And then the other movie I want to say before we get to The Nice Guys is Zootopia. Oh, which is wow. exactly I didn't even what, think of that. That movie's it's what phenomenal. Bright, 
Exactly. It's what bright and happy time murders could have been in terms of like the allegory they're trying to make towards the real world regarding like discrimination and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's a Disney f- animated film um, with uh, yeah, like animals that are um, personified. And right. we have it's one of the it's a cop teaming up with the criminal kind of thing again, like 48 hours later and bulletproof. And it's it's done very well. And it's, right. it's for kids, but it's definitely something that adults can enjoy, too. I, I think it's, I mean, in recent years, along with The Nice Guys, is definitely one of the best buddy cop movies to come out in the past, like, 20 years. Right. No, I completely agree. That movie, Zootopia, when I watched that for the first time, I think it was on Netflix. And I was just, it was one of those, like, yeah, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to watch this movie and wind down. And I was glued to the screen. I mean, it, that's definitely one of the best Disney animated films ever, as far as I'm concerned. What they were able to do, all the joke. I mean, there's so many jokes in it. Like, I've seen it three times, and I you still pick up on, like, more bits. Like, the sloth, right? You know? Yeah. So fucking great. So fucking great. But, yeah, I mean, do you think that they can continue to semi reinvent themselves in the genre to continue to make, you know, a few, a few good ones per decade. Or do you think that the genre has kind of been played out um, similar to like, you know, rom-coms really were popular in the late nineties and two thousands. And then by the time we got to like the early 2010s, they had kind of burned themselves out. And now we really just don't see them very much anymore because they've, they've done everything you can do to the point that they made one called must love dogs. You know what I mean? Where that, well, we got to start. I like that one. (laughs) That one's fine. It's fine. I'm a two weeks notice kind of guy, but you know, um, you know, I think there's definitely one, they definitely start to update them. And because I think in terms of rom-coms, we're starting to get ones that are a little bit more, I'm going, to, I'm going to use the word progressive again. There are certainly disenfranchised groups that really haven't gotten rom-coms that deserve them. And I think in recent sure. years, we've been getting like LGBTQIA plus ones. I don't think we've seen one with like, like a rom-com involving like a trans individual yet because we're just barely getting ones with, with queer people. Um, like Crazy Rich Asians recently came out and that was huge. It was mm. massive um, and a great movie. Um, we're starting to see like groups that haven't really gotten to have rom-coms start to get them. And I think that is a good way to begin to kind of look at things from a different perspective, which, I mean, we've kind of, like I mentioned earlier, we kind of saw sort of with the buddy cop movie, because that does play on, you know, it does play on the dynamic of people being different. And so that kind of lends itself to having like, let's have not only uh, to start with the old cop with the young cop and then, you know, the white dude with the black dude. And let's have, you know, Chris Tucker and uh, Jackie Chan. Well, let's team up. I st- they haven't really done many men and women, but, um, and then like, let's have a person and an animal, which again, that where it kind of gets a little uh, weird. <laughs> and, um, you know, then they got like two women and, you know, there, there are other things they could do. Why don't they um, make a buddy cop rom-com? With a guy and a girl, or two girls. Well, or that's, two kind guys. Of, Why? that's kind of what demolition. That's a, I would hate that, to be honest with you. I would okay. absolutely hate that. Do you tell? Because, you tell. so for action movies, I'm going to be like the angry female here for a minute. For action movies, <laughs> there is, I just want to be clear. I do, be, there are some people who say there's no such thing as bad representation. I don't 
agree with that. Um, there's a reason, like, I don't really like Bond films that much. I've, I don't really like the Indiana Jones films that much. I love action movies, but I'm at a point where I've noticed so often the female characters are only in the movies, essentially, and I'm going to be really blunt and kind of vulgar here for a second, to be holes for the main male character's phallic symbol. That's what they exist for. <laughs> and that kind of pisses me off. If you just have a female in the movie so the dude could have a romantic interest, then just don't fucking have a woman in the movie. Like, just don't have a woman in the movie at all. That's what she's there for. Because women exist for more than to just be uh, there for a dude to fuck. Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, they do. And, like, no, so I would rather away. have... I'm seeing, a, like... I'm seeing a whole new side to you right now. This is great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so I'd no, rather just no, have, do like... do not apologize. Have I love partners. this. I love this. Keep going. Keep going. Rant away. Yeah, so I would, I would, yeah, definitely rather just have two partners. Like, like honestly, Zootopia. Like, have a little bunny and a little fox. And they cute. And they not romantic. They're just cute. They're buddies. It's fine. We can, we can exist and, and, not, and not have that. Can we get the whale and Hampton the Flying Prince Pig? Little inside joke here, but that movie hey. I, would, I would definitely watch. Definitely. definitely but no <laughs> I, sure. I, I i'm glad that the fire got stoked and you finally just said i mean i hope you always just say exactly what you want to say because you're right i mean i'm a dude so like i grew up with indiana jones and james bond i own them all on vhs tape i still have them like most people like have their books on a bookshelf i have the 40 vhs tapes that i didn't throw away on my bookshelf <laughs> that's my thing but you're not wrong. You're completely correct. I mean, you know, when Halle Berry played Jinx Johnson and Die Another Day, the movie wasn't great. But for the first time, you finally got a, you know, a little bit more of a, we're going to take her seriously playing the Bond. She's not just the Bond girl. She's, you know, her own person to where the previous film, Denise Richards is playing a scientist which is still one of the greatest acting performances i've ever seen because that makes no sense at all um, oh yeah <laughs> where she just played the damsel in distress but unfortunately that that didn't stick and we just continue to get movies still to this day that are exactly what you're talking about it's you know it's a male driven movie and the female's only there for certain reasons and i, I hope i hope that all the young filmmakers, the filmmakers that are our age, you know, give or take 10 years, will continue to be progressive. And it seems to be there's so many genres in film that are tired and that have become so boring to where when they start to reinvent themselves decade, decade to decade, they've started to become more progressive. And I think down the road, we can get more than just the guy and the girl that's just there to fuck the guy. You know what I mean? I, it's possible. Definitely. I think it's possible. All right, we've got six messages to play. Let's get through these real quick. Okay, you guys just broke my heart. Both of you don't like either the uh, Jump Street movies? I know they're not the best, but I like them from what they were. I mean, my only takeaway from those films was Jonah Hill's performance. Uh, 22 Jump Street, I find absolutely hilarious. I mean, especially that is Ice Cube playing the angry captain role at his finest. I mean, seriously, just watch 
the uh, buffet, the uh, breakfast buffet scene, and then later on with Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum, and Ice Cube, they're just fantastic. Um, but I get you guys don't like it. I'm not saying I'm gonna stop listening to y'all, but it's like that was a drop for me. But <laughs> it's okay. Everyone got their own opinions. That's what's great about that's what's great about art is that there's some for everybody. You might not like yeah. this piece, but you like that piece. You know. Totally. Totally. Muppets need to be hollow, though, right? What did he yeah, say? Yeah, I, I was. I used that that word on purpose. Hollow. That that was uh, intentional. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, yes, Lego. I saw Let's Be Cops in theaters. On the second time I watched it again, loved it. I loved it. I mean, sure, the humor is kind of low bar, and sometimes the plot is kind of ridiculous, but even then, I laughed. I enjoyed myself watching that film. I think, yeah, those uh, guys Car work so well off each other. I think Carmel Payne's back as a listener now. I, we lost him oh, for no. a second, but then we just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, just because I, I, of your natural personality, brought him back in. I dropped the ball, yeah, but I left the whole bit. Um, just came back, but um, have you guys talked about We Own a Night with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and oh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg? I mean, again, very serious, very kind of dark, um, heavy film, but technically is a buddy cop movie. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talked about it already. I, I was out for a little bit, but um, also a great film. And I think if the buddy cop genre is going to survive, um, there has to be more films in that vein where it's heavy and, and you know serious instead of the wacky kind of fucking you know goofy stuff. I mean, I think we've had our fill of that. We get the joke, but if done right, that model can be uh, very effective in storytelling. So what well, I'll I say to that? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, I think it's just a matter of preference. Like personally. I prefer more comedic stuff to the let's get dark and gritty that's been, you know, around since uh, the freaking Nolan trilogy. I, PDK, baby. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the dark and gritty. Um, you know, people are awesome. That seems to be something that's that was really in fashion. And I think that's actually around this point, especially now that, you know, COVID's happening. I think that's going to kind of go away. I think people aren't going to want to watch that kind of stuff as much um in the in the coming time for a little bit i, um, I agree and it was already kind of starting to see a bit we've talked about that before that how it's been i i'm all about dark and gritty i love dramas you know mad men the leftovers uh true detective i, I eat that shit up but yeah since covid it's been very difficult for me to have the attention span to watch any of that you know let alone just most stuff in general um but no, you're you're completely right. I think we're gonna start to see a little bit of a turn from all of and that kind of stuff. Also, like just real world consequences and how those affect movies. Um, like when we when we started this conversation, I was talking about Akira Kurosawa's film, and that was you know 1949. This is it was very much post war Tokyo, and the film right. is very much post war Tokyo. But also, like if you look at the turn of events, like there were I, we said there weren't as many like early. 2000 um uh you know buddy cop movies and how the comedy had changed well what happened in the early 2000s something big and tragic yeah yep. and that definitely transformed you know comedy films and comedy films definitely had a 
re, uh, resurgence and they didn't do as many big action movies for a little while for exactly. obvious reasons. And also, yeah. you know, we, I mean, if you want to get into cop drama movies, that's its own conversation. That's a, that's a totally yeah. different episode. Cause like, um, end of watch was on, you know, the list of, cause that's, a, it's a buddy cop yeah. film, but it's a drama. They right? are buddy or, cop films. I mean, buddy cop doesn't mean comedy. Exactly. Yeah, and like we own the night cop. from 2007. That's a great movie. And I mean, you know, insomnia with, uh, well, the remake of insomnia with Pacino and Hillary Swank, you know, I mean, that could yeah. be referenced. Right. But there's a lot yeah. more of those films, those crime drama movies, than there are kind of more of what we're talking about, I suppose. Yeah. I know you guys have been, you know, going along decade by decade, not got a lot of chance to look at a lot of films. But I think one film we forgot to mention, or and I'm not talking about you guys, but also some of us here in the messages, we forgot to talk about probably one of the other buddy cop films that kind of really brought the genre into a new level was Point Break. Um, I mean, of course, I forgot oh. Point Break because it's been a while since I've watched it. I've seen so many uh, films rip off of Point Break. But I thought that was a good film to, to bring up. Movie's fine. Um, it's fine. I, I hesitate to label that one a buddy cop movie. I guess it kind of is. It is, but it's way mm -hmm. more of an action movie. And hot take... I know a lot of people love Point Break. It's fine. I, I'm not I a big Keanu Reeves fan. That's my problem. I just, I'm not, like, I like him in certain movies. And then there's a lot of movies that I've seen him in that I'm just like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. What do you think about Point Break? I agree with that. It's fine. Um, I'm still, I'm still iffy on, on if it's a, Buddy cop. I think it's a buddy movie. Well, even then, I don't know. I just have to say, buddy, buddy cop movies. That's its own thing. The odd. Cop. It is. It's Everything different. with Walter yeah. Matthau and Jack Lemon, right? Um, <laughs> you know, those are. Buddy I mean, everything movies. with Abbott and Costello. Yeah, totally. All fucking day. Oh my God, Lego, Lego! I would love to have a discussion with you breaking down Bond and Indiana Jones not out of pure love for it but to really get down to the heart of these films because I'm a big Bond and jo Indiana Jones fan but even now re-watching old Bond movies there are certain female characters that I think are truly given the shaft in a way in order to make Bond look good and Indiana Jones even his films are kind of problematic especially Temple of Doom where the female love interest is just there to be the distraction. But God, I would love to talk about these films with you. If not, Jesus Christ, if not on stereo, just to have a conversation. Oh, I'm down. We, we, totally. we could have a five-hour conversation on James Bond movie. I mean, have you seen most of them? No, I've not seen most of them. I've seen a couple, and, it, and that did enough for me. Although I will, okay, as I'm being honest, I do, I do love a James Bond intro. They have really good opening credits. Sure. But that's about as far as I go. It's, I'll tell you what, it, if I've seen them all many, many, many times, same with the Indiana Jones trilogy, because I don't count the fourth one. Uh, <laughs> the ones with Sean Connery are very yeah. dated. Yeah. We've talked yes. about the rapey scene in Thunderball, right? But yeah. that, yeah, no, definitely. That was an that's interesting a, place to come into. Show. That's a five hour show right there. But right, I mean, I'm just talking like. Just wanted to say, great action. show, Lego and Rob. Always entertaining. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Lego.
I don't know. It's so cool. I mean, I, I mean, just this, this is just what I said. Wasn't just bond or wasn't just Indiana Jones, but those are two very prominent ones, but this is just a trend in action movies in general where, you know, females literally just serve one purpose and that's to be a love interest and that's it. And when you're watching these movies as a chick, it just does get to a point where it's a bit bothersome and it's difficult to ignore. Right. See, that's why I have so much respect for what Stallone did with the Rocky movies, because Adrian could have been that, but Adrian wasn't that. Adrian became, you know, like he broke her out of her shell and then she grew into this like awesome character that was like a standby side partner to Rocky. And it's like Rocky okay. would not have been able to get to where he went without Adrian, you know, in my opinion, because they, you know, they came into each other's lives and just like made both of their, like he broke her out of her shell and she helped, you know, give him the encouragement and all the things that he needed to eventually beat Apollo Creed. I know you got a hot take. What do you got on Rocky? Oh, no, I was going to say it's, it's my turn. I've never watched any of the Rocky movies. Oh, <laughs> I really just don't see myself liking them. So I just didn't do it. One and two are just some i mean i love the second one too, and, and and the third one one and two though especially the first one they are some of the greatest films ever made um i i don't think it's too late i think so actually um a musician friend of mine i recommended he'd never seen any of the rocky movies i recommended them to him i don't know about year before covid so two years ago and he messaged me and he goes i i watched the first one it was good kind of dated blah blah blah, blah. But I watched, I, I, he watched all of them. He goes, I got to the third and fourth one. And those were great. And I'm like, that's the thing with the Rocky movies is either you like the ones that are a little bit more dramatic or you like the hokey ones from the 80s where it's just like totally over the top. But So I am a big A-team fan. So okay. I, I do really like, um, totally Mr. blanking T. on his name, Mr. T. Mr. T. I love Mr. T. So I think that that's the third one, right? That's the third. You're correct. 1982. And then I, I like um, Dolph Lundgren, and that's the fourth one. That is correct. So I feel like those would be the two that I like. Yeah, you got you got to watch one and two though if you're going to watch three. I will say this: I growing up we had a Mr. T piggy bank. Um, oh my so gosh! I knew I knew about Mr. T long before I saw Rocky Three, just because for some reason we had a Mr. T piggy bank. But um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to watch The Matrix. I'm going to watch The Princess Bride. I'm going to watch the Coronado trilogy all the way through. Um, Truman Show. <laughs> whatever, Truman Show. And then we got to get you to watch Rocky. At least the first one. Uh, full disclosure, mm-hmm. since COVID, uh, the last movie I saw before COVID was The Harley Quinn. And then I saw mm-hmm. Tenet back in September. And I saw Rock. They put Rocky back in the theater. And I saw that in September, too, when it was kind of safe to go to the movies where there was only like two other people in there. But. It's awesome. All right. Before we get out of here, final thoughts. Real quick. Want to talk about the nice guys? Oh, of course. Uh, 2014, correct? There's a 2016. 16. The nice guys. Yeah. It's 2016. 2016. So it's Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. It takes place in the seventies and this movie has everything. (laughs) Um, it's, it has voiceovers that I generally, I don't like a voiceover, but I would put this voiceover. I won't put it like on par with the Goodfellas, but I will say it's pretty up there in terms of 
how well they executed it in the beginning. The comedy yes. is absolutely on point. Uh, the movie has uh, it's it's neither of them are actually cops, but one of them's a PI. The other one is I guess he's like a bounty hunter ish. I don't know what you would call Russell Crowe's job. Um, so yeah, they're looking like for uh, they're looking for a young girl and who's involved in the porn industry in the seventies. Listen, this movie has mermaids. This movie's got one of the best elevator scenes you'll ever the see. Great. Yes. Um, I will say, though, in terms of... So Shane Black didn't write it. He directed it. But it right. was interesting that I was watching some of this. And um, one of the characters, um, Ryan Gosling character, has a daughter. And some of the daughter's dialogue was, I'm not kidding, verbatim, the exact same as uh, the little girl's character in one of Shane Black's other movies, The Last Boy Scout. Right. Which is a little lazy. So if you've seen both of these movies, you'll be kind of like, uh, pretty sure I need a side by side comparison because that was word for word the exact same dialogue. Yes. Um, although I do think it worked better in this movie because Last Boy Scout is a little bit more serious tonally and this one's much more comedic. And this one also, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Running Scared, where these two characters aren't very different. They're both really burnt out, like really bad at their job depressed men who are in bad places in their lives and I, this i don't want to spoil the movie because i do recommend it it's on hulu um for anyone who hasn't seen it but this movie is interesting in that they they kind of lose i know like this, this is the only movie where the good guys don't come out on top that's very i mean in any genre that is very abnormal it's so, and so i it's do appreciate it for movie. that it's such yes. a great movie because, you know, for me, it was like, it's one of my favorite Russell Crowe Crow, Russell Crow films. Man, I can't totally talk. Because totally. it's it's the last movie you would ever think Russell Crowe would want to be in. But it's so what? flawless. He just pulls it off so flawlessly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, he's in the movie and, um, oh, what is her name? Um, is Kim Basinger. Name? Kim, Kim Basinger. Basinger. Yeah. They're in the movie. They were also in LA Confidential together. And I will oh, say one of this my favorite movies ever. It's so good, right? Um yes. I was saying character in that movie, in this movie, kind of reminds me of a comedic version from his character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, so totally. Totally. Um, I'm now I'm just thinking about LA Confidential. 1997, right? It's so, yeah, it's so uh, good. Um the whole cast. For real. I mean, top to bottom, the movie's, like, flawless. But um, with this movie, um, there was, like, it's interesting. It's, in terms of the writing, is so good. There was one scene that I was like, you know, this is a bit cringy when they're talking to this little boy, and he's being, this, this little boy is being such a prick. And I'm like, oh, this is cringy. I don't like this. This is, you know, this is losing me a little bit. But then the very next scene, like I said, Ryan Gosling character has a daughter, and he, he said, this is this is the kind of kid I'm worried about, you know, this is what I'm dealing with that my daughter's going to be, you know, it, you know, growing up with guys like this. I'm like, Oh, they just saved it. They recontextualized that scene in a way that completely fucking saved it. There was, there was no point in the movie. Oh, that was that one single moment right there that it was like, this isn't good. And in terms of like being in the seventies, they really brought that point in time to life. I felt 
in a way that definitely did it justice. And it, the movie actually does, it has a message kind of like, thank you for smoking, which is also a phenomenal film. And it's not, it's not beating you over the head with it, but it's really clear, which I think is another reason why it's really good that the good guys kind of lost in the movie because it's a bit more realistic. Yes, I completely, and you just keep referencing, you just keep referencing movies that I love, like, thank you for smoking. Oh, (laughs) phenomenal. I think Paul Blart Mall Cop went into and Ride Along or Let's Be Cops would be a great movie. Never seen, never seen Paul, Paul Blart Mall Cop one or two. Um, full disclosure. Uh, they're not great. Someone mentioned um, uh, Ride Along a little earlier. It's Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. I'll be honest, uh, not Kevin Hart fan at all i try to avoid his movies so i did nice. not see that one um i, I do like, like ice stand cube, up though. i love ice cube i like kevin hart's stand-up i just yeah. I, I i do agree with you to a point i've seen enough kevin hart movies where it's he kind of does the same shtick over and over again which is fine most actors do uh they made a sequel of that didn't they they made a ride along one yeah. and two i think back to back did they? I'm not sure. Like I said, I didn't really pay much attention. Yeah, they did a sequel uh, two yeah. years later. I saw the um, first one. It was not, fine. Not, my, not particularly my jam. I didn't see Stuber, but I hear good things. And uh, I would be interested in that one. Who's in Stuber? It's Dave Batista and... Oh, oh yes, what is yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about now. Um... um Kumail Nanjani. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah See, like, that fine. would be a good one. I'll have to check it out. All right, before we get out of here, because we do got to go, we've it's been almost two yes. hours. This has been a fucking blast. Obviously, we'll be doing this again here very soon. Uh, final thoughts on Buddy Cop Films, Lego? Honestly, they're great. You know, they started off serious, and they have been able to kind of go through the decades and really emerge themselves in the type of comedy or or drama or uh, you know crime film that is of the era. They're movies that are character driven, so they're very much you know my taste personally. But they're movies right. that can that can cross genres. They're uh, it's like a subgenre that can be inserted into any genre, any type of film, anything where you might find a cop. And I mean, of the recent years, there haven't been as many good ones, but it's certainly something you asked earlier and I, I didn't really answer, but I do think that could make a comeback in a big, bad way if, if studios wanted to. For sure. I, I think it's possible. I just, they got to stop retreading the same ground, you know, and really think outside of the box. And to your point, a film like Zootopia, I think lays the groundwork for where they could possibly go, Right definitely yeah that's about all i've got to say on it uh thank you for joining me lego this has been an absolute blast we'll be doing this again soon i actually just wrote down uh best voiceover narration films because we could probably (laughs) show on that um we'll keep them coming but until then uh you can find lego she's on instagram and all that stuff anything you'd like to plug uh no (laughs) no yeah that's that's what i figured and you can find me everywhere at rob fishbeck Hit that follow button. Hit that subscribe button. I'm on the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, 
here on stereo and you can find me on instagram at rob underscore fishback bringing all kinds of content to you throughout the week every week until the end of time uh all right lego <laughs> thanks a lot take it right. easy i will yeah, talk to you, you soon you guys have a great day. thanks for listening bye later